1: And Zach told, And we have two very special guests with us today. We have uh, singer-songwriter uh, Jenny LaJoy, friend of the podcast, been on before, uh, returning. And um, we also have the Reverend Dr. Jenny Witcher, who is uh, the Minister of Prophetic Formation at Juniper Formation. Did I get it right? Yes. I get so excited. <laughs> Thank you for being on. What? Um, Because we have two Jennies on today, uh, we will go with uh, Jenny Witcher, we'll go with Witcher, and we'll go with LaJoy for our listeners at home. (laughs) We'll do our best. (laughs) So, um, uh, LaJoy, why don't you uh, reintroduce yourself? Remind us who you are, where you're from, what you do. Great.
2: Thank you, Bechtold. I am Jenny LaJoy, and I'm a singer-songwriter, like Zach just said. Um, I am coming to you from Denver, Colorado. Um, I'm from Michigan originally, and uh, I typically, you know, write folk pop music. Um, and I think that the reason that we're on the podcast today is because I just wrote my very first album of sacred music, Um, in collaboration with Juniper Formation, uh, which is why Witcher is also here. Witcher?
3: Hi, I'm Jenny Witcher. I'm also coming to you from Denver today. I'm originally from north of Boston, and I am the Minister of Prophetic Formation at Juniper Formation, which is a new church start. We're a couple years old. Our mission is prophetically reimagining the church, and we do the in a variety of ways, but one of the ways and why we're here today is that we um, incubate, support, accompany new ministries. There's not a lot of supports for that in the wider church across denominations. And so that's a huge part of what we do. We also help congregations rebirth their ministry um, all towards that prophetic reimagining.
1: Yeah. I love that. Thank y'all for being here. Um, tell us a little bit about how um, you two got connected to do this project or to do this
4: work.
2: Yeah, I, I from my perspective. So I know Jenny, which are from ILIF School of Theology. That's how we first met. Um, now we run in a few circles together, um, mostly around Lady Justice Brewing and the folks there, but. That's, Um, it seems, and juniper formation. Um, Jenny was, uh, Witcher was in charge of of the the internship program, and I uh, sort of told her about my career goals and my dreams and everything, and um, sort of I think put a little bug in her ear in her heart maybe um about what I what I do and the kind of music that I write and the kind of music that I might want to write someday and um I was on a different podcast uh by Matthew David Morris called Lectio Musica and I wrote a song for for his podcast called There Is Only Home and which sure heard the podcast and then reached out to me and um it's like let's uh let's make an album (laughs) let's do let's do more of these songs together um and then the journey kind of twisted and turned from there that's my perspective jenny has some other things to say though about it
3: yeah and lajoy that's absolutely right is that part of my previous job was listening to students talk about their vocational direction and trying to help them figure out the next step often people want to know what's the end (laughs) how do i get to the end (laughs) but what's the next step to get there and there's all manners of barriers that we all have for that path so that's part of that listening process and how you think about getting there so we did an internship um where lajoy opened a um, listening room for music in a church which is all you can talk about that at some point So that was that first step. And I saw how that took off. And then I heard this song, There's Only Home on the podcast, the other podcast. And part of their interview there was um, LaJoy talking about how they read scripture, how they connect that to their life experience, their kind of theological wrestling with it and how that goes into their songwriting. And I was so taken away by how deeply reflective that was and meaningful. Hmm. And actually, the first thing that happened was I was getting ordained um, in my own kind of career transition. And as, when that song, There's Only Home, was a perfect song for me. because I'd spent many years away from the church um, at a different season of life. And it just was this culmination of this moment of ordination and coming back home. Um, into a healthier relationship to home, as to home being the church. Mm. And so that was that first part. And then I was invited uh, right after ordination, we started Juniper Formation and I was invited to a church, Evergreen Christian Church, uh, Disciples of Christ Church in Colorado in the mountains. And they had declined quite a bit over time and run a point of discernment of should we close our ministry or rebirth it? It was a very difficult decision. And so I worked with them over Advent doing that discernment work. And what we did was we integrated discernment with worship on Sundays. So I was worship planning every week, right? And this heavy, like, I need music that will help them get in touch with the spirit that will really move them. And I was looking through two hymnals. One is the UCC hymnal, which is already written progressively in terms of gender inclusion, that kind of thing. Um, And the DoC hymnal, which had a lot of more spirit hymns around the spirit, actually. Um, (laughs) But I kept getting so frustrated every week because I would, between the sound of the music, it was that kind of funeral march organ style. And then the lyrics would be really good, or the lyrics would be horrible, and the music was really good, the sound. And I was like, come on, we need to bridge these together. And then I started looking into more contemporary music, which I hadn't l- looked into deeply for quite some time. Like
4: perhaps. That's a scary world. To I was look. like a big <laughs>
3: contemporary Christian music fan in high school, so it's been a while. Yeah, And I was like, oh, my God, the theology hasn't changed. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: the, same. Yeah. the songs are still the same. <laughs> They're
3: stuck. The sound is real good. And, you know, there's some that has really good sound, but the theology and the lyrics are still stuck. Yeah, And that's when I reached out to LaJoy because it was one of those moments in the beginning of our ministry where I just said, like, I can't. I need different music to do this ministry. So the idea was... um. Asking Lejoy, can you do this music that we can use in juniper formations ministry broadly and share with the wider church because everybody else needs this too
4: mm-hmm.
1: yeah i i think anybody who plans worship or does anything with spiritual music has that frustration of we either have really good music or really good lyrics, but we don't have both. <laughs> very rarely do we get both. And... and as a like a
2: music leader in a church, mm-hmm. because I know so many progressive music leaders, um, but they're not all songwriters. Right. And I think that they have to settle and I think it it kills them from the inside very slowly. Um they don't know what else to do, right? You can change mm-hmm. a couple of the of the words and I think I have a very specific memory of I left school of theology doing this to one of my favorite hymns, and we won't be specific, but they had to change some of the words to one of the hymns because it didn't have inclusive language, and the wor- they they threw in some theological jargon, and I just it pained me to sing it because I'm like this is theologically correct, and it just isn't musical. It's not okay. <laughs> Right. Um, yeah, and it's a, I think a lot of people are in a bind, and um, in a lot of ways, I think that people who, are, who have some sort of background in, in theology and are musicians, um, if they're songwriters, I think that we have a responsibility right now, right? Or there's a void that we can fill. Um,
1: right, and I, and I think that, um, gosh, <laughs> the idea of getting stuck and just having to settle right uh-huh. often you know here's my theme here's my scripture here's what i'm preaching about it's like you're the same old hymns we always freaking do and they're mm-hmm. okay <laughs> but they're not great and and me i'm not a musician i'm not a songwriter i've tried it's not good uh <laughs> it uh it does not my brain doesn't work that way. And so to have somebody sit down and go, Oh, here's how we do it. Right. Here's, here's how this works is so, so beautiful. Uh, Just the, the song that you sent us. uh, Oh my gosh. I have a sermon series on it already, you know, like Uh, on this because it works. Uh, It's what we need. And um, so, so I, I guess tell us a little bit about that process of what it's like to write sacred music today.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm glad that Witcher mentioned the scripture piece and like my reflection on scripture being part of the songwriting, because that's it's almost like there's a third party present when I'm writing uh, sacred music that isn't present when I'm writing my other music. Um, Typically, you know, I will write from my own experience and my own. um, I'll, I'll find a window into my personal experience find a corner, describe that corner until everybody is in my room with me, right? Mm-hmm. So everyone's like, oh, I have that corner too. I, you know, and I have a room that looks like that. And mm-hmm. now we all share this experience together. And that, that's my songwriting process. And now it's like, no, I'm giving you the room. It's this piece of scripture. <laughs> now uh, find your personal corner in this piece of scripture. It's applicable to everybody. Um, and that is... It is, uh, I, I want to say it's a harder process, um, but oftentimes, oftentimes uh, more meaningful or meaningful in a different way, because I know that um, it's going to affect people's hearts and healing in a way that my personal music doesn't always, um, my personal music is, it should be healing in the way that people see themselves in it and hear themselves in it, Right. Mm-hmm. But Sacred Music, I wrote it specifically so that people can sing it as their own. Right. Um, you know, so that it's their narrative.
1: Right. And, um, and the song uh, the song that you sent us three times, correct? Yeah. Is the name? Yeah. Uh, knowing knowing the album that you had before that you you know that you played a little bit on the podcast it is it is that very much here's my corner come in and and be with me and immediately when I heard uh, three times I was like, oh this is the struggle of the church now yeah. you know we're, we're casting these nets. our, our nets have holes and uh, that's okay. How do we still cast our nets right uh, that just that first little bit was just like, oh, that's exactly where we are. Yeah. <laughs> and how do we well, do this?
2: I sent that song to y'all specifically because I know that you are both, you know, working it your leaders within the church and that you might resonate with that song. That's and my favorite did, child on the <laughs> album that song is.
1: So right. Yeah. Yeah. And and so when you describe that, it's like, Oh yeah, no, you're totally you're totally spot on with here's the difference between sacred music and personal music that's healing for me and uh, hopefully for a community. But, um, when we're writing with this intention of, of the church, of these, uh, sacred communities of gatherings in mind, there is a difference, um, mm-hmm. that pulls us in.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that <clears throat> three times is, is written. It's the story of Simon Peter, uh, right. Mm-hmm. He, has to tell Jesus three times that he loves Jesus asked three times when he comes back. And uh, I wanted to get into Peter's head and think about the kind of love that you have um, for, you know, your friend, your teacher, your, um, and uh, this kind of like exhaustion, right? This, um, I want to avoid all that I did, because I've done so many things that are questionable and shady and i want to avoid it also i'm just going to go fishing Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm going to ignore and i'm sure that i mean there's other symbolism right to going fishing in the bible and that's right uh fair fair this is just one little sliver of interpretation um and he wants to he wants to run away and he's just like in this place of running and and i think that as church leaders the feeling of being exhausted and wanting to just run away and disappear for a minute. It's very relatable, right? And then you have Jesus who's just like do you love me? Do you <laughs> love me? Do you love me? And um if the answer is yes, it sucks, but you got to show up and keep doing <laughs> the work and keep That's doing right. it, right? It's
1: That's right. Yeah. Well, I, said, I I think you're spot on and just we do relate to Peter so much uh as as leaders of the church cuz it's like I do love you, but damn it, I want to be over here yeah. <laughs> for a little bit. <laughs> I need a freaking break. Right. Uh, and Peter just exemplifies that so much. It's just like, oh, but here, right. <laughs> please. More than just, just more here. than just
2: the need for self care, right? Like, it's because right. I definitely think that we need boundaries around our work. Right. And like, right. absolutely get away. Um, and I think Peter Peter's something d- deeper there, right? It's something. Mm it's not just running away from the work for a while right and, you know unplugging it's like actually walking away from it for good mm-hmm. um and if you're in the i know Witcher, you just said that you've been in that position before in seasons of your life and i certainly have um while i was writing this album i think i was in and out of that place of like ah, i'm totally done no i'm like really done um and then saying Ah, oh, no 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 i'm in it i'm in it um yeah, that, that place of, of completely, I mean, I think the word doubt has been co-opted a little bit and it's sort of a buzzword, but because um, it's something deeper than that, right? It's like a, not just I, I, I don't believe in these tenets because I think a lot of us are beyond that. I think it's not, not just I don't believe in this, but it's like, it is exhausting me from the inside to have to pretend to believe it anymore <laughs> or have to pretend to, to want to be here anymore. Um, I think that's, that's the same <laughs> yeah. in pure place.
4: Yeah. And
3: that song, when LaJoy shared that with me, we were working with that evergreen Christian church that was in decline and it hit such a deep chord in yeah. terms of that wrestling of what it means to close a church ministry or rebirth it. Mm -hmm. and both of those are so heavy Um, and that church decided to rebirth right and so this song came out after when we started well while we're in the midst of the rebirth and yet that heaviness is still there even when you've made that discernment and I also remember hearing it for the first time and just being awestruck because it in my memory was the first time I've heard a song that spoke directly to church leaders
4: mm-hmm.
3: and then all of a sudden i was like oh my god wait a minute because at first i was like oh pastors are gonna love this song they need this right this yeah. is a healing song that acknowledges what they go through and speaks to them and then later i was like well no if we're all called to be disciples it's for all of us and then i was wrestling with like and i'm not a songwriter right so literally can speak more eloquently to this but as a worship planner, just in someone who grew up in the church, um, just wrestling with I don't remember songs that spoke like this. So what are those songs speaking to, if not to church leaders, right? Mm -hmm. And like, what a huge gap we have. Mm -hmm. If if the music's not, I mean, that's all of us in the church, should be. Yeah,
2: yeah, interesting. I uh, it, I think it kind of speaks to the people who are writing hymns or writing sacred music um, and what they're writing it for. Which is why I I would love to see a, a movement of of people who who are songwriters first and foremost, um, and not hymn writers first and foremost, but like songwriters.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I would love to see a movement of them writing for sacred communities, just because you get this really personal perspective that um i think sacred communities need in order to like be authentic leaders and um people of faith and right um yeah
1: well and and that you know matt and i have the conversation all the time here on the podcast uh about you know hymns versus contemporary and and you know what you find in the hymns is a theological basis that that brings you forward and you know we look back at those now and we're like
4: "Ah,
1: you know the theology is good but the language not great you know it was written for a time that didn't understand you know that didn't have the inclusion um and so how do we how do we move forward but but then we had the conversation on contemporary music of there's just this gap, (laughs) the music's fine. You know, you throw some fog in there and lights and it's great, but it's about the shallow, you know? Um, and so how do we, how do we bridge that gap into something that's truly sacred? Um, and, and I don't know, other than those of you who are singer songwriters going, you know what, it's, it's about this and we're just going to do this but how do you get that music out there how do you do it how do you get you know how do you make it accessible without the other end right without the industry uh yes because that's hard right
0: well and that's always been it's hard well and that's always been my complaint about like music in churches whether it's contemporary modern whatever your flavor is is like is it singable can the community sing it Mm. Like I I've been to so many worship services in so many different settings where the music was amazing. It was a mu- amazing music for, um, uh, I mean, I have a, I have enough musician knowledge to be deadly. Um, started out as a music ed major. So like, got a little ah, bit, yes. got, a, got a little bit of tools in my toolkit. And so like the music's amazing, but like as a corporate singing, which is what, you know, like, to me is what worship is really about corporate singing. Like, if, if it's all about the solos, i don't give it i mean i'll be honest i don't give a damn like i just like yeah. i just tune out i was like this is not for me and so because it's obvious more about the people on the stage and so sure. like that's something we try to do here is like we want to make sure that the songs we're seeing are singable. and if that mm-hmm. means we have to like tweak it or like like all right so we're not going to sing that one this week of course we don't really do i mean I have to admit we don't do anything really post 2000 because we just don't have the, we don't have the people to do that. Like, I don't have a guitar player. I don't have people that we have a beautiful organ. And so we can do beautiful hymns and we can like, I've got love an organ. Right. Oh yeah. Um, And so like, you know, I was listening to this and I was like, wow, like I've got to figure out how we can incorporate this, um, you know,
1: post Easter next year. Um, And so what do I need? That's (laughs) the thing you just, that's the thing Lojo Joy's done is made it singable. Yeah, it, it's and, not and, only good music, and it's good theology, and it's good storytelling, and it wraps you in to what you're doing. But it's it's singable. People can get behind it and sing with it, and it, it's teachable. I mean, that's that's incredible. <laughs> of course, <laughs> and I say that
0: age too. Also, like her stained glass beats is in my head like constantly mm-hmm. and sometimes mm-hmm. it's because it pops up into my like it's the first thing that pops up <laughs> in my car when I turn my car on like I don't know why it does that but it just does and I'm so sorry. my kids love no they <laughs> my, my kids love that song and so like we play it and sing it together I mean that's yeah just, like I and I think that's what people long for when they come to services and like so yeah. these modern services mm-hmm. that do this music that's like closed off like and it's the band and it's like the band um like yeah yeah i think and, it's and, and i think you all bridge the gap on that like i think we could definitely like this is something that i could figure out how to use like I'm... of course i had to find the people to do it it's like that's yeah. the thing it's not that i don't so yeah, yeah.
2: No, thank you um i think that singable music or making singable music is an act of justice right it's accessibility it's a matter of accessibility um i don't know if i accomplished in every single track on the album i tried really hard (laughs) um but uh yeah it's i think yeah it's a matter of accessibility um and it's interesting when i play music that is not the sacred music when i play music out in a bar um and caveat i think that playing music in a bar is also creating sacred space and i think it's sacred music just so we're um but we're using this language sacred music album so that's how i'm delineating it in this space but i don't really believe that that's a real divide sacred and secular um but when i'm out in a bar playing music um people have come up to me before and said do you have a background in like worship bleeding and like christian worship and it used to bother me and now i'm like oh no i think they just mean that it's singable I think they just mean that uh, they want to sing along, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is a compliment ultimately, but yeah. Uh, yes. In yeah, that, church music is good, training you to, to write music that way.
3: <laughs> yeah. I want to hit back on, earlier really we are talking about the difference with hymns and what Jenny said, because there are a couple other things that we had a conversation with before we started in saying like, okay, and this is... Unfortunately, sometimes you have to think about what you don't want to get to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked through like, what it, what are the barriers right now in the music that we're familiar with in the church that we have access to? So one absolutely is gender inclusive language, um, to connected to that patriarchal language, um, after that accessibility. So part of that is the amount of times that body parts or those kind mm-hmm. of things are talked about in songs. So if you don't have that body part or if you don't have that function in your body, right, that piece. Um, another one is that Christian war metaphor that's so huge <laughs> and like violin and that doesn't serve us, mm-hmm. right? That's not connected to our theology. Um, and it, atonement theology. Yeah, atonement.
2: Right. It's big in the head. <laughs> There's a lot so. of yeah.
3: black, uh, white supremacy edifying language about the metaphor of light, you know, light and white equals good, dark and black equals bad. Um, and many of us are so connected to that that I know it probably hurts folks to hear that. Um, like, ooh. <laughs> but if you think about it, If we're constantly telling ourselves that, like, that has other implications in when we're in a um, racist and supremacist wider structural system. So those are all some of the things that we talk through of, like, here's what we don't want to do. Um, So, yeah, yeah, that was a big, big part of this, which for me is huge in terms of how do we move the church prophetically forward? It matters what we say and what we sing in our hearts. Mm
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. And a lot of a lot of the embedded theology that our just our church people have come from come from the hymns and, and I, I... I'm probably wrong to say, but I venture to say that most of them were well-meaning, right? And then we've taken embedded this stuff in some of them, not right. No, we're
2: I'm, gonna get the benefit of the doubt. I, I want to give the benefit of That's the doubt, right? Yeah. But
1: unfortunately, probably not. You know, <laughs> and uh, we've taken that and then to gently move people. Hey, this is really what's going on here, right? Um, is hard. It's hard work, and it's important work to do. And if we can move from there into new sacred music that is there right yeah we we get people there and and then get that going in their hearts and in their souls and it's like oh here we are you know yeah. this this is the god this is the the holy spirit this is who we're called to be yeah. um we recently way. had a
2: discussion about that in the church that i work at um amazing grace the song amazing grace the, like the most popular stanzas like i was blind and now i see and we we're just in our staff being like we want to use the song because it's amazing grace
4: mm-hmm.
2: and also the origins of the song let's think about it and also that line um will people be so distracted by us changing that line um that they won't like the song anymore and is it worth it to do it and ultimately we're like of course you have to change it of course like of course you have to change it um i think we did i was bound and now i'm free or something like that but um you know i think that the church we're kind of tripped up we're like oh but it's a classic
4: mm-hmm.
2: right i'm like well mm-hmm. there's so many things in our society that's classic and we need to just get rid of it we
1: need to um it's right? yeah. because it's classic
2: <laughs> doesn't mean it's good right
1: it doesn't get a pass right <laughs> But there's a teaching moment there, too, because yeah. um, you find so many worship leaders and pastors and people who, who they just change willy-nilly, right? We're, this is bad, we're going to change it, but there's not the teaching moment that comes along with it. of Here's why. Uh, yeah. And here's, here's where we go from blind and can't see, but bound to now I'm free, and how freeing that is for everyone, right? Um, and, and your folks who are yeah I, there's the teaching moment and i think that's sometimes what we miss and we're just like oh, we're gonna change it uh for in in the you you leave the rest of the congregation going what the hell did we change that for it's a classic yeah. right with that argument
0: well and some don't ever know that you changed it I mean, I, i've done that a couple times to a right. couple songs where we changed a word or two and they didn't it didn't affect them anything because they don't read music and so it's on the screen. And so they assume just what's on the screens, what's there. Um, and so, I mean, you know, there's, you know, there's sometimes I, I remember I've, I've been in enough congregations where I've had that conversation. Like, I don't want to sing that hymn anymore. Like it just doesn't, it, it doesn't speak well to who we are as a people and as a faith. And like, like, can we just leave that be? And like, like understand that this is where I'm at theologically and I want you to come with me on this, like, and see why this is not healthy um, and why we need to move, why we need to grow and stretch ourselves further. And, you know, um, you know, this is the first church I've been in, you know, I understand a am very Methodist traditional worship style context. We've actually used all three Methodist music books. Um, and so like, I've had, I've had some fun with that and being able to like stretch their understanding of music and mine as well. Um, I've got some yeah. pretty good musicians that have said, Hey, let's actually do this this Sunday. And like, I'm like, I don't know that song, teach it to me. <laughs> um, Cause I want to know. Um, and I think that that's the thing in, in churches I've noticed over my years of ministry is that like, we have our playlist and we're not going, we're not deviating from it. And, and by God, don't change the words, to the playlist um because that's who we are and and those are the churches that are struggling and and dying whereas you see churches that are doing new things or trying you know to make adjustments as needed um you know Mm that they're thriving in some way shape or form
1: well and that goes back to the original thing that the witcher did was looking through the hymnal going it's not here (laughs) where's it at and how do i get it and
3: it wasn't there for a small congregation that didn't have a music budget Mm-hmm. and they had musically inclined singers they had someone that wasn't there every sunday necessarily but played piano so when you think about so like some of the music in the church i've been reminded by some colleagues is beautiful when you have like a national cathedral setting choir mm-hmm. and you don't you know what i mean like there's mm-hmm. some beautiful musically beautiful music that's not most church contexts and that singability that, you know, if you have a guitar, you don't even need a guitar, but how do we invoke the spirit together through voice? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And Matt, because you have that music degree, you know, those people you want to get you, I'm sure you would lead the songs, (laughs) vocally, no?
1: No, well and
0: was a clarinetist, and so like <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> um, you go. um and and I had to be honest, like I walked away from that to answer my call because I realized i wasn't I wasn't living to the calling that God called me, and so like my knowledge of it is the technical side, like I can hear it, I can yeah. I mean, the clap the rhythm thing, like you know, those <laughs> nightmares of eight a.m. Uh, oral skills class just still haunt me today. Um, and so, oral like,
4: skills.
2: Yes, <laughs> I, I
0: walked away from that because it was so painful. Um, yeah, that and when they told me because I wanted to get a sacred music degree, I thought that was good. Like I switched from music ed to sacred music uh-huh. mid semester, thinking this would be a great bridge for me to enter into the ministry and to do cool. sacred music. But then when they told me I had to play the organ, I'm I have um, some difficulties (laughs) with my brain that enable me from doing that. Like I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't from moving all four limbs at once.
2: Yeah, it's ridiculous.
0: Well, not only that, like even the piano. Like so, what I when I knew uh, that my time as a musician was over was in my piano, my class piano jury. I drew my scale, said f this i'm out i played my i played my prepared piece because i prepared it by god and i was already failing the class anyway because i just i it was i was horrible at piano still am today i can play one-handed um, and and knew i was bad and i was done and so i just walked out said f this i'm out and i literally had an f minor scale to play memorized. <laughs> <laughs> and so it worked really well it's um so specific yeah uh, the uh the the piano teacher she and i became later we uh connected a little bit better afterwards because we weren't in that adversarial <laughs> relationship um she laughed she's like you know she's been doing this for so long that when that happened that was the first for her and she said you just nailed it so well because you had the f minor scale that you said f it i'm out <laughs> it, it just, <laughs> like that's all they did they laughed i still failed the class i mean i will that f on my transcript i am so stinking proud of because i earned it by gosh um, <laughs> that and, uh, and, 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 and that's just it like i have enough knowledge to be dangerous yeah but i know like i want that's important to me um in this church that i'm in now seeing, i think we sing about eight pieces of music a sunday
3: mm. um and so wow. i
0: have to be creative at other things in the worship experience and so like I, and what's crazy is i've that's been the compliment everybody has enjoyed worship since i've been here because it's they i've not diluted the music. I've enhanced the music with the other parts of worship and yeah and, and so like I think that that's important like when we pick music like that's the question we ask every week here is like how does this enhance what we're trying to do with the scriptural base of what our service is really about and so like that's what I was saying about the song I was like man, this this will be really great post Easter um, for us yeah. um, and how we can do that and like you know those other elements of worship
2: yeah
3: that's not um, go ahead surprised because LaJoy wrote it on the lectionary yes so this album, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> most should serve of the... you January to June
2: yeah half of the liturgical year um yeah we I wrote it over over um the church calendar mm-hmm. year so you'll you'll hear there's like an Ash Wednesday song there's a um yeah this post Easter song um I want to touch on what you said about like certain parts of a service enhancing other parts, because um, there have been moments in my past work with churches, because I take a lot of church jobs as, as a church musician. I did when I first moved to Denver, I was like, I can do this, they pay me. But most of the time, if I'm only there for a couple months, my job is not to get in there and shake things up. My job mm-hmm. is to ask them what they're looking for and just, hope and pray that the music that I pick will not hinder us theologically, but will also be something that they're familiar with, right? So Mm -hmm. I tried to pick, like, the the least cringy (laughs) songs that I could um, and make a difference while while I could, you know, change language here and there, hopefully that they didn't notice, or if Mm -hmm. they did notice, that it was teachable. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what I would do. And I think that it's um, really quite telling as a leader in the church that when you're picking music what you're trying to do is find the least cringy option mm-hmm. and my experience in uh, the world of sacred music is that a lot of it tells you how you should believe Um, or it paints this kind of picture of, of how you should be, you know, sometimes I'll be, I'll be, I'll be singing this song about, you know, like I I praise you and, and I adore you and I, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, no, I don't like, I don't believe this. And, but what that does, it's, it's less like this song doesn't apply to me. And it's more like, Oh, this, song doesn't apply to me i can't truthfully sing this song i can't authentically be here in this church that's what those songs do the songs that tell you how to believe and how to be in the church um automatically marginalizes the people who do not believe that way who do not fit in that song um it automatically marginalized people and what i tried to do in in writing this album and this is my own songwriting um, muscles coming into play, what I try to do is only talk about what I do believe, right and, and what does bring me here, not what I should believe <laughs> and what, how I should be here, um, but what is actually true, which is what is is in this three time song. it's it's the muck and the mire of mm-hmm. um, you know being a follower. Um, yeah, it's not necessarily how we should look.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, and that's what I loved about the 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 writing. And uh, I'm just going to point to the beginning, you know, in the net of we cast these nets with holes, right? It's yeah. like, but we come into the church and we hear these things of, oh, we got to go cast perfect nets, right? We got to go be the fishermen or fisher people. We got to go do all these things. Yet yeah, everybody, everybody is sitting in the congregation is going, yeah, but I got holes in my nets? You know, <laughs> but that's not me, right? Oh, yeah. uh, and, and they're looking at the pastor or whomever going, well, you can do that yeah. because you're up there, but I can't go do that. Uh, and that, I mean, you immediately pointed to, no, 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 here we are as people, imperfect, and and we got holes in our nets, and, and we just are here, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and it speaks so deeply to that, oh, oh, well, we all have our own crap. You know, we all have our own stuff that holds us back or that we that we fear that we have anxieties about or or that we just whatever. And yeah. that's okay. We're still yeah. here.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's a
1: that, it's a
2: pastor's job, it's a leader's job to model mm-hmm. vulnerability and right. model authenticity and mm-hmm. model not being okay but showing up, model self care. Right model how to walk away well and how to come back well model how to heal right that's a pastor's job yeah
3: yeah and i i feel like so many of us of course when we read the scripture are taught and believe we're to be jesus right those are the feet to follow so i'd be curious about how many of us legitimately put ourselves in other people's shoes like lajoy did with simon peter Mm -hmm. or are we like, ooh, I'm not Judas, I'm not this, like, here are the people I don't want to be, when, like, we all are those people at different points. Mm -hmm. So when we Uh, separate that from ourselves, that causes a lot of, can cause a lot of internal trauma and dissonance mm in just being whole um, and in the fullness of how God created us.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. Any, (laughs) I think so often people read especially through the gospels and they're like, Oh, Jesus, Uh, you're, you're Peter, (laughs) you're Judah, you know? And I I constantly try to remind our folks when we read through something like that, I want you to put your, yourself into the shoes of Mary or Martha or Peter or whomever. Let's let's leave Jesus out here for a minute and put ourselves in the shoes of the woman who comes and touches Jesus's robe you know, and why? What are we doing here? Um, and what would compel you to 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 go and to feel this way and to say these things. Um, because in our heart of hearts, we want to be Jesus in the story. We want to identify with that and we just don't. <laughs> and yeah. we're not going to. And and I think that's the point, right? Of here's the here's the model, here's the thing, here where we are you know um but we don't point to that so often we have too many folks pointing at hey we're jesus in the story hey we're the father in the uh in the story the prodigal son you know we're we're the good guy
2: or we should guy. be the good guy even or if they don't know they are right they're like that's <laughs> right. who i aspire to be and i'm like not yeah. necessarily you don't you have to. to necessarily yeah. aspire to be the yeah. best Right. And a, it's like, look at everybody
1: in this story. They all kind of suck and they have their things and that's where we are. <laughs> and that's, okay. Well, we oh, just and, need to figure out who we following. are. Right. <laughs> but what if
0: we took that even with the music that we use in worship and said, hey, you have this connection to this song. Like, let's use Amazing Grace. Like, I mean, who doesn't have a connection to Amazing Grace? I mean, in some way, shape or form, you've heard it you know, uh, in or out of the church. There, there, you have some kind of connection to it so what if we ask the question, like maybe, you know, spend some time on this in, in a teaching moment capability saying, Hey, let's listen to this song again, but let's listen to it as though we've never heard it. Like what, what are some new things that you heard today? And, and I don't know, I've never been in an experience, worship experience that says that, like, it's just like, you know, like I, now, now that I'm thinking about it, like, I'm thinking about some of the hymns we're doing on something like, I want to I'm going to do that this Sunday and see what, see how that messes with me. Um, Cause you know, some of those hymns we pick for particular reasons. And so it's like um, we're doing the illustrated ministries vacation, virtual vacation, Bible school thing. And they have this really good music. They have some pretty good music with it. And our song leader on Sunday Kind of muffed it a little bit, but it was like, I like what she did with that. Like, she needs to do that. Like, so I wrote down in there, like, she has to do that again next week. Um, and so, like, we talked about that in our post service. And I think that that would be, <laughs> I like that sound a lot better than
2: the uh, like, on workings <laughs> going on.
3: Nice vocal trick there.
2: Yeah. Um that was my cat for people who are listening. My cat got <laughs> right up on the mic. <laughs> but,
0: but I think that would be really cool if we pushed. Our communities those that are listening if you're a faith leader um, and you're in that space to do that like ask our people like as you're listening to the same what are some new things that you hear like sure. take away what you're used to hearing and like actually look at it and and i think people would be surprised like maybe i don't really like this song anymore because it is you know what you know um especially as we move try to expand our horizons a little more yeah
3: and also recognize okay. some of those pains yeah, I sure. mean, when I think of Amazing Grace, um, that's a very emotional song. Yeah. And I think there's emotions there that we don't talk about with one another in church very mm-hmm. often. We don't share. And and that's a big pain that we're sitting with and carrying about what we think about ourselves, um, why we need grace. Like, those are conversations we have to be having. Instead, we're sitting in our pews singing in you know, tears are just dripping down our faces um, when I think of some of that music. And that has to be explored. And we do, I, I appreciate that comment because so much of the church, and I think part of where we're struggling right now is we keep doing the same thing. Ritual, tradition, um, even pyramids, had an experience with that, and a new church, a different new church start saying like, we don't want these banners in the church. And I was like, what banners? I couldn't figure out what they're talking about. And I was like, oh, the pyramids. And they're like, what? I was like, oh, you don't know what pyramids are, (laughs) right? Like there's so many insider parts that we don't teach. If we teach, people will find meaning and connection. And that's where ritual, right? Like we are desperate for ritual.
4: Mm -hmm. And
3: Mm -hmm. we do it in church, but we don't connect the why, The right? What does this matter? Where is it in the scripture? How is this part of a healing tradition? and our faith yes. so that people can join us. And that's an accessibility piece that we all need to do um, yeah. for all parts of the church. And one of the things on ritual that I love about this album, so Joy and I were planning the album release pre-COVID. So we had this <laughs> service planned in-person service with all kinds of ritual. Um, and it was so beautiful in the music, right? like. We were trying to balance. Like, we want people to listen to the lyrics and, right. and the music, and not be distracted by movement of the body, which sometimes happens. Yeah. Uh, in certain types of churches, we don't know how to move and do music at the same time. <laughs> but uh, it was just this beautiful service, and the music lent itself so well to ritual. That, and Matt, you were talking earlier about integration in worship. Yeah. Um. And that was really hard for us when we had to, it took us a while to revision it for online because that embodied ritual was so much a part of it for us. But we, you know, now that we're all getting more used to online, we're figuring out ways to release the, I can't do that. (laughs) Mm in part of our brain um, and figure out ritual virtually.
2: Yeah. Virtual ritual is a whole thing. Mm -hmm. It is.
1: It is. Um, you know, Matt, Matt and I have talked about just the, the digital community and the ritual that comes with that f- since we started this podcast. And now it's like, oh, we have to do something with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the time is now, you know, it's uh, yeah. the theory has become practice and uh, we still don't know how it is, but um, you, we just got to keep going because this, this isn't going anywhere, mm-hmm. Um And people are gonna continue to find ritual and find spirituality uh, and find tradition and meaning in this digital world. Uh, And we have so much more opportunity today because people are getting used to it than we did six months ago to actually impact and um, be a part of somebody's life in a meaningful way and not ever know it, right? Because you're gonna record this and send it out and you don't know who, right? Because you're not seeing the faces. You're not seeing the feedback. You're not getting those tangible things. And yet it could save somebody's life. It could save somebody's faith. It could push the, you know, it's going to do what it does. And we don't get to see those fruits, which is hard as leaders, right? Yeah. Um, but it's also one of what I think is becoming one of those mysteries of faith, one of those holy mysteries that here it is in the digital presence. We just let the holy spirit work
3: we had after the so we had a for listeners a album release worship experience um last friday and so little joy played through the almost the entire album and we also had some a blessing ritual where we broke folks up into partners and gave them a blessing to give each other into uh, zoom breakout rooms to people and then at the end, we had a what we call a co-creative ministry conversation. So it was, uh, you know, breaking down. I don't like doing uh, one, one directional anything, teaching as a professor or preaching um, and leading worship. And that was actually, for me, a very meaningful part of what we did. So we had a, a group of people stayed on the Zoom call and we just had, we opened it up for discussion on, you know, what moved you, how do you want to use this music, um, you know, what kind of co-creative ministries are you interested in that we might start those conversations now? And three times a song that we've been talking about is the song every single person brought up. I was shocked. I think that was like the only song, someone brought up something else, but didn't name the song, but that was like the one song they kept circling around. And one of the amazing moments, there's a couple in that conversation for me, but one was Um, someone that is like a huge movement worker, activist, um, but not uh, connected to church spaces, talking about how much this is needed in that space and bridging that, like, here's the work we do. And from that person's perspective, we don't see pastors or churches doing this justice work. And also we need you in that space Mm. because we need that, right? In that bridge, when we talk about inclusivity, I think too often in progressive Christianity or in my circles of progressive Protestantism, in particular, we talk about inclusivity as this wide-open space where we're not clear on what we believe um, or what we're called to do, and so then and then we don't understand why people aren't coming. And I'm like, because they don't know who you are, mm-hmm. right? You're just kind of like whatever out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can be inclusive and also be really clear on what you believe and what ministry looks like and, right, how you relate to others. And that was one of those moments of connection that we don't think about, I think, in the church of like, Mm -hmm. this is ministry and it doesn't matter that this person doesn't identify with church, right? Um, They're doing ministry. And mm-hmm. this is speaking to them. Yeah. And that, like, just that bridging there, and there are several people there that spoke about, because of their identities, um, not being included in ministry. And another part of our work together and, and at Junior for Formation broadly is to break that divide between ordained and non-ordained ministry mm-hmm. leadership because so many lay folks don't feel like they have the right um and so many feel called to ministry but don't have ways to express that aren't encouraged in their formation um and that's why i like i refer to la joy as minister because what they do is ministry Mm -hmm. um and we did it together too with the evergreen christian church rebirth um which was there every sunday or the sundays i preached and we were using a lectionary and that was the process of developing the music that was kind of our like here's a deadline and a way to practice this in community with a congregation and get feedback and to help them with their rebirth. And so Juniper Formation was birthed during that time. Evergreen Christian church was rebirthed and LaJoy's sacred music ministry was birthed. And I want, that's important to me because so often in ministry, all kinds of ministry and in new ministry, we think we have to do it alone. And three powerful things were birthed because we work together yes. and we came together in our vulnerability of being new, right? Not sure what we're doing, not sure that we mm-hmm. can do it, not sure anyone's going to care um, to support one another into this trans like tremendous transformation for all of us. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Um, we I could do this for, four more hours but we want to be good stewards of your time <laughs> um is there i i mean i just i want to i don't know there's a whole other podcast off of that uh, <laughs> and how we work together and how this is not a top-down yeah. model but uh we'll leave it we'll leave it at that because you said it so so beautifully um is there anything else you want to get out there, want to point to? We'll, of course, um, tag the 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 song uh, three times at the end of this podcast cool. and uh, put links on our website to to find everything uh, and to get it. Um, but is there anything else you'd like to throw out there?
4: Ooh.
2: I don't think so. Look for the album. Yeah. Go to juniperformation.org. And there's links to that album everywhere on there. So there will be like resources. We have lead sheets for people who know how to read music and want the guitar and piano chords and things like that. So Neat. we'll have all sorts of resources for you there. So you we're
3: we're working on some worship videos too so that people can plug them into their online services. Yes. For us, like this is when we, I mean, we've been talking about it, right? What needs to change. Um, and we want this to be shared with the wider church. We want people to use this and engage it and have the resources they need. So we're sharing those for free, um, the lead sheets and the worship music videos. Uh, and we hope that churches will benefit from that. We know folks are stressed out and doing a lot of work right now.
1: Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, well, Joy, you, you talked earlier. I want to plug Matthew David's uh, podcast because it's, uh, phenomenal too uh yeah. will you remind our our listeners what that is
2: yeah uh, matthew david morris it's a podcast called lectio musica um i don't know if he's released any new episodes recently
1: because it's been a while but a while. the old ones are it's beautiful uh, you will you will be in a good it's place a if you song. listen to it a
2: new yeah. song every episode based yeah. on the lectionary readings that week so
1: Right, uh, and if you start anywhere, start with uh, Lejoy's uh, episode because you know it's going to be good, right <laughs> <Very> good. <laughs> sure. Well, thank you so much uh, you for being on you have an open invitation to come and, and uh, uh, reform the world with us. <laughs> yeah,
2: thank you yeah, thank, thank you, you guys so for much. doing this. Yeah
1: pleasure pleasure. Cool. Matt, you want to yeah. take us out <laughs>
0: Uh, just yeah um not enough coffee even though i ordered a large today um <laughs> need more um and so uh, we thank you for listening uh, check us out on the bearded theologians.com um, where we have some really uh, great exciting episodes and gear and all that stuff that you can uh, take in and whatever um so for the bearded theologians i'm matt franks
1: i'm zach bechtold thanks for checking us out
4: It's easier to grieve, to come to terms with all my deeds. It's easier. Into the sea to make up for everything. Now I'm tired. Because I love you, I will. Because I love you, I will. Because you love me, I will. Because you love me, I will. Because you love me, I will. Because this video and push that thumbs up.
1: Thank you for listening to the Bearded Theologians podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share on all social media outlets. You can check out old episodes and more information at beardedtheologians.com. Thanks for checking us out.